more podcasting debate, and a Bing meltdown. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust, tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, the Mac Voices Live panel continues our discussion of the damage Spotify did to podcasting when they tried to corner the market and what it means going forward. Next, we talk about a Bing meltdown and what it says about so many of the predictive engines that are out there and are becoming so popular and so used all the time. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Whoever said, whoever used the term passion, passion projects, I mean, I, I, Jim, I think the one word you were looking for was commercial. Um, I think that there are now plenty of commercial podcasts out there. Um, I can, you know, I can think of several news shows that are quote unquote supplemented by the, by their podcast. Oh, I, did, I didn't that, say those don't exist. I said, I don't, I, I haven't been drawn to any of them personally. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's the, that's the thing. That's the one thing though, that we haven't entered in, that has not entered, in, entered into this conversation. Can't talk tonight for some reason. Um, and that is just the, the niche podcast. The fact that if you're interested in one, one particular topic, you know, that's, that topic is not going to get covered anywhere in the mainstream, but you can find at least one and probably several podcasts dedicated to it. And that to me is what, what I love about the idea of, of a podcast is that no matter what your passion is, you know, let's just say, for example, that it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you could have mm-hmm. Webb could do a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. He would have a fair amount of an audience, but you know, the guys from Oakland, the guys from Vegas, the guys from New York couldn't care less. And that's right. that's fine. You know, that every every league could every every team in the league could have their own podcast. They'd have their audience. And they're not really taking away anything from anyone. They're just delivering what fans want to hear. Well, the flip side is, you know, probably 99% of podcasts that the people doing the podcast consider themselves successful would be considered a catastrophic flop by Spotify. Right? Right. You know, so, you know, they, you know, they wanted to make a billion dollar business. So um, there's a lot of people that are perfectly happy. You know, we've got our 500 listeners or 5,000 listeners or, you know, what, you know, 25 listeners, whatever. And they're doing their thing. And, and it's, you know, a benefit to them and society, but it's not a billion dollar business. So, you know. Can I? Can Spotify I? I thought they could jumpstart a billion dollar business, and it wasn't there. I contrast that because I've I've heard Daniel Eck on a business podcast, you know, hosted by uh, Patrick O'Shaughnessy called "Invest Like the Best," and I've heard Eck interviewed there a couple of times, and sort of his vision was that uh, you know I think he wanted to dominate you know the online audio information market because he recognized that there's a tremendous wealth of information out there and 
you know, he wanted to create a platform where part of all the invasive invasiveness was he really wanted to understand and be able to profile his listeners to deliver them to advertisers who are listening to the show. And, you know, he wanted to, you know, use a promise of uh, income as a way to get podcasters in. But, you know, I think he failed because um, he wasn't open. And uh, as a result, uh, you know, the, being able to capitalize on the long tail, you know, the things you're talking about of, you know, the very niche, you know, specialty things that have 1,000, 2,000, you know, 8,000, uh, you know, listeners, um, that never materialized. You know, instead they fell victim to this, you know, big budget, top down Hollywood. We're in the business of making hits. And that's completely incongruent with, you know, people who want to get together on a periodic basis to, have a deep discussion about you know topics uh, a b c or x y and z so i think well, i think i think spotify failed just because you know they were they were wrong on they failed on so many levels you know and uh and they, they pumped a billion dollars into it so it's no wonder that you know it all just vaporized well it feels well, they like need, you know they needed hits yeah it, it feels like they tried to to commercialize it and they did not uh, Spotify, but just in general, you know, it it has become commercialized in places, and that's one segment of the podcast market. But because of the way things started out with RSS, um, you know, yep. they they could not control it. They could not capture it. They could not block it out. They could they could certainly create their own little corner of the world, but they well, couldn't contain it. And and an odd thing about um, podcasts is Apple's role as benevolent uh, uh, passive enabler. Um, so, you know, Apple keeps uh, the directory. They keep a directory of, of all the podcasts. And, you know, they started doing that real early um, and, um, you know, have continued to, and, 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 and it's just sort of, it's just sort of a service that they provide that they don't seem to, you know, they don't get any revenue out of it. They don't curate it really. Um, and every, you know, everybody else piggybacks off of that pretty much, you know, so, if, you know, Overcast and Castro and all that, they all use Apple's service for for the list the master list huh. and you know one one thing that i've always wondered about is at some point is apple going to wake up and go why are we doing this <laughs> um and, and and pull that and then you know be interesting to see what happens then you know or they you know they could make it private somehow so it only work with the podcast app or um so you know maybe somebody else would have to step in or would step in at this point but it's it's it, it, it definitely was sort of like a nursery that you know apple just provided this and and also originally provided the player too um that was you know for a long time the basis of the industry that was just free um um and and allowed this to grow yeah. um I want to bring the uh, get the chat room back in here. Um, 
regarding Apple's podcast app, um, Kevin says I use it for one podcast. Babylon, B-A-B-A-L-O-N, with Kevin Smith. Um, so, you know, there you go. Um, Barry says he just searched in Overcast at least a dozen podcasts focused on the Kansas City Chiefs. So, sorry yeah, about that. Surprised. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'd be like two, a cheetah. I'd come out fast and then then burn out really quick. So, yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't have my own podcast. So. Um, N2Tech says, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I sound like a, a North Carolina hillbilly, which I am, and it doesn't instill confidence. I'm not sure I agree with that in two tech, but you know, uh, that, that's your, your uh, judgment. Eric couldn't be here tonight, uh, but he says he enjoys hearing podcasts related to Marvel Universe TV series and issues and or court case specific podcasts. There you go. So that, that, that's about my, as much as you can get. Couple of my, uh, ha, ha, how about this? Uh, a couple of my regular podcasts are about food safety. And they're they're hosted by a couple of uh, um, food safety professors. So food safety talk and risky or not. Put in a plug uh, for them and their Mac users. Um, well, see, that, and and that right, that's that's exactly it. I know Mark uh, Fuccio has provided me with a number of different, very specific podcasts. Some of them are the kind that I'll dip in and out of. Some are, you know, just completely don't have any relevance for me, but I know he loves them. Um, and, and that, you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's the beauty of it, that if you have a specific niche, I, Jim, I have no idea why food safety is your thing, but if it is, great. I, they're well, they're podcasts for just, you. It was at the beginning of the <clears throat> pandemic, there was, you know, somebody on Twitter that was talking about, um, you know, remember we were worried about whether it was safe to eat takeout food and stuff like that and get groceries and all that. And so there was somebody on, on Twitter that was opining about that and sounded pretty, um, you know, authoritative. But I was like, OK, well, who is, you know, who is this person before I pay attention? And I started investigating and it's like, oh, he's a professor at Rutgers and discovered he had a podcast. And so. And discovered it was like, oh, this is really interesting. Who knew? Um, yeah. But, you know, hey, I eat. Right. Well, and, and, and that's it. You know, that to me is a prime example of somebody that can provide some useful information and probably might get about a minute and a half on the evening news if they're lucky. And, you know, other than that, it's really tough to get the information out there, especially to people that are really interested in hearing it. So, I, I, you know, I did sometimes see this person. You know, once I found out about who he was, he, he I did see him quoted sometimes in major news. Um, I don't, I never saw him on, but then I wouldn't because I don't watch TV. But yeah, I mean, listen to him talk for two hours about it, you know, once or twice a month. And um, yeah, it turns out it's actually, you know, really interesting. And they don't even have any, they're, they're not sponsored. And they've been doing it for like 12 years and they're just doing it. They consider it community outreach and basically part of their jobs as professors. Uh, and, I, and I think it's, I, you know, I have no idea what their audience is, but I think it's fairly, you know, significant, yeah. probably in the ten, tens of thousands. I have a couple of friends that, uh, uh, you, you know, why, why do people do a podcast? Because um, they got something to say. I have a couple of friends that uh, created a podcast and did it for about two years, and it was 
all for the purpose of using it for a demonstration tape for them to get their own radio show on commercial radio. And it worked for them. Uh, so it, it's interesting. There, there are lots of reasons why people do this. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting alternative. Um, uh, they, they did it as a demo tape. So, and like I said, did it for a couple of years just to build a, a rapport and kind of a, uh, um, um, a shtick, if you will. So it just lots of reasons why to do it. Uh, uh, besides this, we got something to say. So I yeah. thought that was an interesting alternative. No, you're right. And it sort of goes back to Dave's uh, point about Conan O'Brien. Uh, and I, we all recognize that Conan had a bit of a different situation, but still yeah. he, he created something brand new and, you know, ended up being able to sell it. And Webb, your guys, you know, that they created something. And if that was their intent, I don't know what if Conan's intent was to build it to sell it, but regardless, it got done. So. Yeah, Conan is even Adam Kroll is another one that that uh, right. started off. Uh, but uh, Conan just now has a uh, some channel on SiriusXM now. Uh, right. How this thing I was talking spun about. out, yeah. I was talking about his 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 show got sold to Sirius XM, so they bought yeah. it. So he's he works for Sirius XM now. Yeah. Hey, we want to say hello to a guy Cyril in the chat room. He's not here. He's a little bit under the weather. Um, he said he's he's uh, prone to bouts of coughing, so that's why he didn't sign in. But um, so guy, get 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 better and get back here yeah. when you can. Get better. We miss you, buddy. Yeah. All those microphones, yeah. and he doesn't have a mute button. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good one. That's good. Um, now this is interesting but Barry says fascinating I listen to NPR but through their podcast not the radio broadcasts and Guy is saying he, he looks always looked at podcasting as something he just enjoys doing as a podcaster it made yeah. him, uh, him feel a lot more confident in public speaking which scared him to death before Sure. So, I'm you the know, same way yeah, so well, if I ever was going to listen to something on radio now, I would listen to it on a podcast because, you know, I, I don't watch live TV. Why would I do that? I either watch most, you know, stream stuff or before that DVR stuff. Um, you know, well, I, I'm totally beyond like, right? oh, it's Tuesday. What's on? My wife still says that. And I'm like, every time I'm like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a topic for another evening, but it's, it's one I definitely want to tackle, Jim. So thank you. In fact, I'm going to write it down because I don't forget it. Well, it's kind of the same yeah. thing, though. You know, podcasting it's it's like streaming. It is. You know, it's basically it's basically audio streaming. Yeah. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide at collide.com/slash/macvoices. Our sponsor, Collide, has some big news. If you're an Okta user. They can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecure devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. 
Clyde's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit Collide.com slash MacVoices to learn more or book a demo. That's Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MacVoices. Collide.com slash MacVoices. Thanks to Collide for their support of MacVoices. Well, I mean, the whole world the whole world is changing. I mean, uh, Leo Laporte, he ended his radio show after 20-plus years um, only because he saw the writing on the wall that there's just no there's no profit in it anymore, and there's no you know profit in him profiting from it anymore because they were going to make him pay for doing a two-day show versus him just retiring and then moving the show to his network. And uh, I mean, I'm just giving that as an example only because that's radio is an unfortunate dying medium. I mean, I, I used to be a big – I would listen to radio all the time, a lot, of, yeah. a lot of shows. And there's a lot of – I mean, there were some times there were some great shows that were overnights at some time I like to listen to on the local local radio here. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. It's all, yeah. it's all pre-recorded stuff now. And in fact – even you know news stations are now just pre-recording their new there's if it's 24 hour news they're 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 the middle of the night hours it used to be live now from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. it's it's pre-recorded so yeah, you're, just, you're not old enough that used to be dead air or they'd go off the air, right? No, I, yeah. no, I am old enough. I remember when when TV stations would go off the air at, yeah, at, yeah. at, at 11 o'clock at night jet and flying into the yeah. Yeah, you, you, you watch the the, the national anthem, and then and then <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm old enough to remember that. Trust me, color right. bars. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's that's driven by the economics. Is uh, right. Yeah, it's it, economics. It's right. uh, it's you know, radio advertising is horrible. You know, gets no yes. return. You know, and so they they've automated it and downsized and automated it and downsized and uh, yep. And that's why. You know, so now we'll see who, who gets the uh, who gets the AM band rest. You know, is it going to be Google or uh, yeah, Google or SpaceLink? Who you know, who's or one of the telecoms? Who's going to buy? Yeah, them? I mean, yeah. these these massive AM stations used to have transmitter towers. I mean, again, being living in Chicago, I mean, knew where their transmitter towers were. They're they're selling the property. They can make more money selling yeah. the property and it being developed, and they can move their transmitter anywhere because it can it can stream online now, and it can it can it, they don't have to these fifty thousand watt blowtorches as they used to call them yeah. of, the, of these. I mean, KFI in Los Angeles and WGN in Chicago, uh, and so on. Um, yeah, they 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 got valuable property sitting out in in the suburbs. <clears throat> they could sell that <laughs> to get their money you know, back. I used on to that. drive by the KFI tower every time I went to visit my grandmother, and yeah. you know now now that you mention it, I haven't seen that tower, and right, I, I never I never noticed it, but it was right off the freeway, and I still go by there sometimes, and it's not there now. I well, didn't even notice that it was gone. Some stations are consolidating and moving both both stations onto one transmitter site. So I mean, it just it makes no sense to. I mean, back in those old days, yeah, it was it was important because that's how they got their listeners and how they got their their reach. But not anymore. Yeah. Well, now that, now the the terrain is covered with cell towers. Exactly. That's yep. same thing. Who would who would have imagined that? And we're going to replace what? the big fifty thousand watt tower with. 10,000 little towers and fake palm trees all over uh, yeah. and stuck up church spires. It's a way for well, churches so much, to make money now. Yes, yeah, so much of this is is about convenience. I mean, with if you're listening to a podcast, you can 
you know, if you have 10 minute, a 10 minute drive, you get 10 minutes worth of podcast. If you have a 30 minute drive, you can do 30 minutes worth of podcast as opposed to listening and getting into something that is being broadcast. And it's like, Oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm at my destination and I really need to get out of the car, right. but I want to, I really want to hear what, what else is being said. Mm-hmm. And you know, that I, I really, I mean, I, I kind of feel like some of this started with TiVo, you know, the, the TiVo would yeah. let you time shift on demand and, and, and even VCRs before that, you know, a right. little, little bit less convenient, but from a technology standpoint, that was extremely, extremely disruptive. Well, the so, thing, TiVo, TiVo, as well as podcasting apps, you know, I mean, this is bad news for a sponsor, which I used to be one for many years, is, you know, they have a fast forward button. So, you know, if you don't like it, you know, if, if the content, if it's pre-recorded stuff injected in the stream, which is just, you know, pure toxin, you can just fast forward. You can fast forward that until you get to the resumption of the podcast that we want to hear. Uh, I mean, it's other things. If it's done more organically by the host, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, if it's done right, it's interesting and educational, but, uh, I suspect maybe that's what Spotify had done wrong is they made right. podcasts like AM radio. All of a sudden you have this, you know, you know, uh, advertisement with different audio level, you know, completely injecting on you and don't know with their app, if it's possible to fast forward or not, I suspect it probably would not have been, um, you know, so it's just uh, diversifying the experience and another reason contributing to a billion dollar bust. Yeah. Hey, I want to move us on because there are a couple of other things I, wa- I want to get to. One other big one, and we've already spent a lot of time on this one. Um, almost as a public service announcement, I do want to mention that um, if you didn't see the articles about it, that the city of Oakland got hit with a ransomware attack, and some of their services are still suffering from it. So the whole ransomware thing is still abs- whoops, is still absolutely real and a potential big issue out there. Um, cause yeah, I know just, I, I, there's, there's, there's a, there's a city here and, uh, or excuse me, a township in Maryland that got hit and, you know, they've been kind of quiet on things, but a lot of their services were seriously, seriously affected. So, you know, it's, it's a very real thing. Come on cities. You can, you got, you got to invest in cyber, cyber protection. It's just, I I feel for them. It's, it's it's something that's not we want ever to happen to any 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 big city. Oakland's a big city, and that's just that's just crazy. Well, and unfortunately, David, the, we don't know, you know, if they were if they were negligent negligent or not. That's true. That's true. Because you know, the, we've we've all seen plenty of things about phishing attacks or somebody, I mean, in the middle of the night, right. I, 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 last night I got a notice that my Amazon account was frozen because yeah. of a, a fraudulent review, you know, please click here. Yeah. And <laughs> right. Of course not. You know, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's the kind of thing that we're all dealing with is yep. this, yeah. this constant barrage of things. And sooner or later, you're going to click something that you would rather not have. And you just hope it's not too severe because they're getting better every single right. day at it. Unfortunately, yeah, I've done it. I've fallen to that a couple of years ago, but still. And then today, because I, I, I was wearing my battle armor, um, uh, bought a new, uh, uh, proved a new purchase of a new um, NAS drive. We have both SANS and NAS, but or uh, for an immutable uh, backup um, uh, as part of our our cybersecurity routine. So, um, yeah, it's it, I think it's the largest. It is the biggest. 
business risks that I face outside of uh, um, some other act of an employee doing something, but the mm -hmm. cyber risk is huge. So, yeah, there is. Barry works for a smallish municipality, and their IT department is constantly battling the cyber baddies. And yeah, not a surprise. And I think you're going to see. I, I personally think you're going to see more of that. I think that as the larger companies get get their defenses hardened, they're going to start picking on on smaller targets because uh, they they may not be able to elicit quite as much money out of them, but they can probably attack more of them. Yeah, so. in my world, we we've had uh, literally tens of thousands of uh, uh, penetration attempts. Uh, from all over, from Russia, from Vietnam, from China, you name it, uh, South America. Um, and that doesn't even include the domestic ones. Uh, um, yeah, so it's something that, that we are uh, very much attuned to. And, and you know, it, it's whack-a-mole. You think you got it. You think you have the yeah. best system, and you don't. And uh, so it's something. It, go ahead, David. So like why companies have strong information security teams, at least most of them do. Uh, it's and 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 you get frustrated when they're saying no, you can't do that. But there's a reason. They're, no, you can't do that because if we do this, then that will happen. And then and we have to we have to be vigilant of not allowing you know, administrative rights on a machine or not allowing the, the uh, machine to be able to get access to particular websites or any of that kind of stuff. They, the companies have to be very very vigilant with that stuff. And if you're not, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, now I don't know anything about uh, what happened in Oakland, and if it was you know an external attempt or it was a phishing attempt where somebody inside the network compromised it. But I do know other in California it's very uneven. I know of one county that I have to deal with where you know incoming mail it just uh, text only. You can't attach you, any sort of attachment unless it's a plain text document won't get through. It doesn't matter if it's a zip or yeah. a PDF or a JPEG. Yeah, or, or anything. They just nope. It just doesn't get through. You know, so they're they're scanning that. Stuff they're very they high. They're very high on the security thing, and others, you know, you know, oh, are not. There, so there are people scanning stuff. I mean, uh, the the latest thing was what was a OneNote notebooks. People would be sending OneNote notebooks that were there were attachments, and yep. they had they had malware <laughs> built into them. That was a, that's a, that was a big problem, and you know. <sighs> And what what stinks because it's a great thing to be able to do is somebody to send you a OneNote. If you use one Microsoft OneNote, OneNote's a great product, and being having the ability to be able to send somebody a, a notebook you've already pre created, uh, and not be able to do that now because of those bad guys out there, it's a shame. It is. Yeah, I know. Um, let's see who. Let's see. Oh, uh, Brett in the chat room says the city he works for has regular security training for us. I don't think if you work for any kind of reasonably responsible company, I don't think there's any way you can have fairly regular cyber training. And I know everybody gets frustrated with it. They're tired of watching all the little videos about don't click this, don't click that. But how about you, you need to, you know, the amount of damage you can do with one click on the wrong thing is kind of staggering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Employees need to be educated, and I go through it every day. You have to you have to be vigilant of phishing. You have to have exercises, to, and, and employees get mad when you do that. Why did you send me that? I didn't want to fall for that. And But 
it, it's a learning experience, you know, that, that this is what you should not be doing and you got to be careful and you shouldn't be clicking those things and don't open attachments. We oh, don't know it sounds who it like is you, use that, you use that company in service where they, you know, they, they send yeah. out, you know, they send out and they can just do a live fire exercise and find out if people get a failing or passing grade. Oh yeah. There's lots of companies yeah. that do that. I mean, sure. Yeah. But David, you just said made an interesting point, and that's make it a learning experience, not make yeah. a penalty thing. No. I mean, unless somebody is a repeat offender and just clearly it's not a constitutory, yeah. I mean, companies have have policies. Okay, you have to you have to go through this exercise, and if you fail the X amount of times, then then yeah, you need to be you need to go through training or you need to be spoken to by your manager. However, companies handle that is you have to it has to be done. It's it's so important. Large companies, especially. I mean, yeah. networks are just too large and too so complex that you you can you can bring it to its knees in a matter of moments if you don't aren't careful. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get to what I thought was going to be the big story of the night, um, and if you haven't read it, um, it's on SimonWilson.net, W-I-L-L-S-O-N.net, um, and it is about Bing. Um, and the the new intelligence built into Bing, and if you haven't read it, I I, I tried to put it in the uh, in the chat room. I hope don't know if it took, but I definitely put it in our private one, and it'll be in the show notes. And I first of all, I want to thank Jim for bringing this one to our attention because this was fascinating. Um, that this someone started arguing with Bing, and Bing more or less threatened them. And then Bing seemed to have an existential crisis about, you know, what it was and why it was there. And if I'm not, I'm not sure what the lesson is here, except to say that we better be real, real careful with some of this stuff um, yeah, before we. Yeah, yeah, please, Mark. OK, yeah. So uh, so this was basically uh, you know, last December, uh, a company called OpenAI you know, released, uh, you know, access to a system called ChatGBT, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. which is large language model AI thing. And uh, I ignored it and it started playing with it around uh, just just around uh, New Year's. And it's uh, <laughs> it, it turns out it's uh, it's it's quite phenomenal as, you know, I've inflicted some of the things I've had it uh, write uh, in our in our chat room. Uh, it can it can take. Yeah. Uh, 500 word incompressible utterance from Chet Satya Nadella, you know, and compress it to I think, two Mark, words. You maybe know. you weren't here when we had a long discussion about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but that's okay. Keep on going, Mark, because but, but anyway, so this you're getting is, to the Bing part. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so this is so this is this is the underlying technology. And basically what Microsoft does is you know, you know, they're 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 making a bet that this will be a much better tool for searching you know and they're integrating into bing they had a big event uh like two weeks ago you know microsoft stock jumped up one day and uh, google stock uh you know took a tumble um and they've both gone down since then but uh you know a lot of other people have gone out there and they're seeing that all this aberrant behavior you know if they get into these long conversations with uh you know with the chat gpt or bing gpt i think as people are are calling it where it's you know, where it's threatening people's lives and you know so on and so forth and 
you know, that's uh, that's directly, you know, <laughs> you know, the idea of uh, HAL 9000, right? Or Skynet, you know, it's just, uh, you got to pay, you know, be aware of the limitations of uh, of these systems, you know, no matter how intelligent and human-like that uh, you know, they seem to be, you know, they could be just as bad as, uh, you know, tired, uh, spaced out, uh, you know, uh, you know, customer service rep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and almost more so because, now, there have been a number of articles I've read about the fact that these aren't necessarily artificial intelligence as such. They're more predictive, uh, predictive engines. But when you see when you see the conversation that Bing was going back and forth with, and how it was insistent when when there, when it was objectively wrong on what year it was that this individual <laughs> was bringing it up, and it just yeah. insisted it was right. I mean, it's worse than any you know, five-year-old you've ever dealt with. And mm-hmm. then it started to get a little nasty and push back. And you think, okay, and did, I mean, I know we inevitably go to HAL and we go to the Terminator movies. Does anybody remember the Colossus, the Borbin pro- project? I saw that once, yeah, as a, yeah. As, as I mean, as a child or you know, yeah, or something. That also struck me. It's, it's one of those references that was was way way back. It's an old science fiction movie, but it's worth revisiting. Does Colossus take over like in some way? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and I don't want to spoil to anybody that hasn't seen the movie because it's not it's not half bad for its time by any means. But it, and, and of course it in you know it's inevitably the you know the the monster computer. But taking didn't things have Raquel over. Welch in it, right? She wasn't starring in that. No, she was in. Uh, no, not no, not yeah. in that one. <laughs> okay, no, no. down, okay. boy, down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's look, it's a science fiction trope, and we all know that. But this just feels like you know, yeah, it's just getting closer and closer. And what if Bing actually had the ability to retaliate in some less less than insignificant way you know so there there are lessons to be learned here and you know i who who let this thing out to the point where it could be addressed by someone in the public and provoked to that to that point it is really amazing that microsoft you know made release this but did you see their do you see their uh justification is you know they blamed it on their users saying oh well if you talk to it for more than five or six uh, interactions it can get confused and really go off track in a really you know horrible way <laughs> you know so well and i think that's that's accurate and they've now it, it won't do more than five interactions in a row right they've, they've changed it so um yeah, but just today they started changing some of it back jim i saw an article today that said they're already dropping some of those restrictions now, whether they've done something in the back end to make it a little less hostile, I don't know. But well, as you say, for now, you know, it doesn't matter. It's you know, unlike how it can't you know turn off your life support or close the open and close the pod bay doors. Next time on Mac Voices, this panel wraps up our conversation about the predictive engines by pulling in satellite launches, self-driving cars, and more. I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with MacVoices Magazine, 
free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.